Welcome back, bookish people. It is your host, Liz, and this is E-Reads Podcast, the place where I discuss authorship, books, and all things creativity. On this episode, I have Harker join me to discuss storytelling, and he discusses a variety of different ways to tell story, ranging from short stories to children's to limited series. For anyone who is into storytelling, this is a sure-to-listen-to episode to gain some insight across multi-platforms. But before we jump into that, let me tell you a little bit about Harker. So, Harker Jones grew up on a dirt road in Michigan in a town so small, it doesn't to this day have a traffic light. Upon completion of college, he found his way to the entertainment hub of Los Angeles, where as a queer writer, he has completed the Amazon's number one best-selling gay love story until September and nine screenplays revealing truths through humor and horror. His short thrillers, Colin Colette and One Hit Wonder, have been accepted into 60 film festivals combined, garnering several awards. Now that you know a little bit about Harker, let's listen to a quick ad before we jump right into the episode. Hey, puzzle people. I am here to tell you about Wongo puzzles. They are 100% wooden puzzles. They'll last forever. Each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same, and you'll discover some fun, whimsy pieces as you work through it. They come in a custom wooden box that is perfect for storage and gifting. Some of the designs include animals, some that look like abstract art, buildings, nature. They have whatever you are into, so definitely check them out. With stunning designs and unique shapes, Wongo puzzles are a cut above the rest. I loved doing the snow globe puzzle myself. It was great to pull out a puzzle and be done in a night and not have it on the table for a week. So what are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today and be sure to use the promo code EREADSPOD10 to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you've had with a puzzle guaranteed or your money back. Go to W-O-N-G-O puzzles.com and use the code EREADSPOD10 that's E-R-E-A-D-S-P-O-D-10 to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. Welcome, Harker. I am so excited to have you to talk about all things, um, because you do both literature, you've done some films, so like I'm interested to pick your brain. Oh, well, thanks so much. I'm I'm glad someone thinks my brain is worthy of being picked. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so so Harker, as like a welcome, I like to ask people like a book-related question. So if you had to pick would you rather read a standalone novel or something that's part of a series? Standalone, hundred percent. Tell me why. Um, like I picked up books and started reading them, and then at some point realized, like, oh, this is part of a series. I don't like throw the book in the trash, but <laughs> but I'm like, oh. Um, <laughs> and since the difference too is if I know it's part of a series going in, then it's like I know what I'm in for. But generally, okay. I prefer film to TV. So, mm. so it's especially with all the streaming. There's so many shows and so many movies too, 
but like I can be done with the movie in you know a hundred minutes, you know, give yeah. or take. And a series is oftentimes ten episodes. At, at I mean, it's sometimes six or seven, but mostly let's say ten or twelve, and sometimes still like twenty-two. And that's just a season. And with streaming drops it's like the second it drops at midnight it's like i'm already 10 episodes behind like this is not like i feel so pressured but it's just like ugh, i'm out um and so i i don't know why i realized at one point everything i write is closed-ended mm. whether it's my books or it's um my my screenplays i don't know why because i don't dislike television i and everything i watch is the shows i do watch are very heavily serialized i don't yeah, want yeah. to it stand alone to me that's disposable and it can be mm-hmm. fine don't get me wrong but it's like well if there's no reason to tune in next week or to stream the next episode now it's like then there's no reason to stream the next episode now is there so <laughs> I, I continuing series is my point so it's unusual that for me that I write things that are so they have definitive endings. Real okay, okay. So tell us a little bit more about some of the things that you have written. Um and then I, I got questions about endings because everyone wants to know how to end it, right? So like tell us about some of your, your projects. Well, um I wrote my first novel when I was seventeen. I grew up in Michigan. And I was on a dirt road outside a small town that doesn't even have a traffic light to this day. And um, that summer after graduation, I was 17 and, you know, I was on a dirt road in Michigan. I was bored. So <laughs> I wrote a book, as one does. And um, it's a slasher whodunit. And I adapted that into a screenplay, which gets really positive feedback. No one has bought it yet, but it's gotten really positive feedback. And I think partially because it's not just a slasher like Friday the 13th or something, which is fine. And it's very effective. I, I like Friday the 13th, but it's like there's no real story until the end when the killer comes in and has an exposition. Tommy's explaining why it's all happening. <laughs> no one's actively trying to figure it out. And I think that's why never have I ever gets positive feedback because there's, there's a mystery. It's like Scream. Right. Did last summer. They're like, what is going on? We need to figure this out before we're dead essentially <laughs> and then i wrote my second novel dramatically different a love story like i don't know six oh that's a, an interesting arc <laughs> totally different but a, a former friend did say that it read like a um a horror novel because there's such a sense of dread and it's like clearly mm. something happened and clearly something is going to happen and there's just that sense of doom like over yeah. the whole thing like what is going on? What is going to happen next? And it's not suspenseful, like plot twists, things like that, mm-hmm. but it is kind of bleak. It's called Until September. I sold 1,500 copies of it. And um, my comps, to use the film terms, uh, are Atonement and Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. So it's a love story in that sense. It's not a romance where like some shirtless stud is, you know, illustrated. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure those are fine. I've never read one. They look, it's not my thing. I'll just say. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but it's, it, it, um, the long line is September comes too soon for a sensitive 18 year old when he falls in love with another boy in the summer of 1966, setting in motion a series of devastating repercussions that threatens their future. And oh, so just want to, and then yeah, I adapted that into a limited series. Is that like I lost track of the question? <laughs> like, um, 
you were telling us about your your different novels that you've done. So you did your slasher, then you did your your love story. Yeah, so then I did a love story, and um, yeah, so it's it's sold really well, and it's got it's got four point four on Amazon and four point one seven on Goodreads, which is, seems really good because the Goodreads people seem a little harder because they're really into books versus I think on Amazon it's a little more casual. Interesting. Someone told me that once and I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. And I kind of noticed that in terms of the reviews I get on Goodreads. So Okay, that's a good tidbit. So like <laughs> if you're ever looking at your Goodreads and you're just like, oh my God, I suck. Just look at Amazon and balance it out. No, I'm still a rock star. I'm cool. <laughs> but yeah, so it gets fairly positive reviews. Um, and I get fan letters sometimes and it just... It, it's crazy. One person was very, very upset. And I responded. Why? He didn't like where I went with it. And he knew going in, this is going to be a problem. And not a problem. It'll be a problem for some people. And I understood that going in. And I do think, yeah, I've gotten some other reviews that are specifically about that. But this person, they haven't reached out to me, but this one person did. And a couple of weeks later, I was like, you know, I should respond. You know, just, I mean, he took the time to to email me, which, I mean, how often do you email a writer, you know? <laughs> and you might follow a movie star on social media. And, and so I reread the email. I was like, I can't. He's, he's angry. Oh, like, my gosh. Yeah. It was like, and it wasn't afraid he would find out where I lived, you know, not like that. But he still didn't. I didn't think it was smart to engage. Mm. I didn't think I could calm, soothe the savage beast or whatever, you know. I didn't think I'd be able to do that. And I, anyway, so <laughs> mostly it's positive fan letters. <laughs> but like that, that's also a good tidbit because like, especially like on TikTok, there, there was like a, this wave of like how to respond to bad reviews. What do you do when you get a bad, like this, this whole like wormhole about that. And like, I like how you said, like, if you cannot soothe the savage beast, like, just just leave it, right? Like, why why engage, right? So I, I love that tidbit about, like, just sometimes just let it go. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> For your own sanity. <laughs> Bags. So you, you you mentioned that, you know, you you have closed endings in, in your novel. Did you know, like, going in, that's what it needed to be? Like, how, how did you decide, like, okay, this is where we're ending? I'm not one of those writers who outlines everything. I know everyone. Yay. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I try and be that person. And I every time I'm like, I'm going to be this person. I'm going to do it. And then the characters are like, yeah, no. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like it, the muses are speaking to me. I'm not speaking to them. I'm not yes. telling them. And I know people argue, well, the outline is also the muse. It's like, but at this point, I'm sitting here kind of pushing it a little bit where it just. Yeah. Goes. Anyway, so I don't outline, and <laughs> maybe I should, I don't know. But, so I don't know where it's going when I start necessarily, but but as I go, it's not like I get to the end and I'm just like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, it the inspiration for more of it comes, like obviously you're writing a novel or even a screenplay, which is shorter, but there's structure. So in mm-hmm. some ways it's harder. So it's like, you know, I can be on page 32 and I'm understanding and getting inspiration for what's to come. So mm-hmm. the ending comes to me, you know, long before I'm at the ending. <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I'm trying not to give away spoilers because um, <laughs> I hate that. I'm a huge spoiler phobe. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I didn't realize until probably several screenplays deep that I don't think think about series or a sequel. Um, I, I have a short called Colin Colette, not my favorite title. It wasn't my choice. And, um, well, I mean, it wasn't, it was called Colette and Camille, which I thought had some rhythm to it. And there's some mystery about who Camille is throughout. But we, when it, it won a contest and the prize was to have it produced. And so anyway, it was, it was, um, a, a medium that we reached a ha- unhappy medium. Okay. <laughs> the title. But it, um, <laughs> My sister, it ends with a big plot twist. And my sister was like, well, obviously there's more. And I was like, no, that's the end. <laughs> you, I mean, I see what she means. But I was like, no, no. And then her sister's sister, or my sister's sister, were adopted and she found her, <laughs> her half-sister. So it's okay. my sister's sister. But she said something so offhand. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, that's it. That's the jumping off point for more. And never would have, to me, it was closed. It was done. And the guy who directed it wanted a feature. And I was just like, uh, and so finally, um, I had the inspiration to do it. And so I wrote it and the development guy with his company loved it. And it wasn't yeah. what was going to happen because the short is just a straight thriller. Okay. And the The feature is a black comedy. So mm-hmm. it has it is thriller aspects, of course. Yeah, it's not just a straight thriller anymore. And so I didn't know what people were going to think, but he loved it. So, so my point is, so that was like to me, it was an end. But then someone gave me inspiration for more. A lot of times, though, there just isn't any other story. There's no more yeah. story with until September. There's no more more story with my satire. Green means go. There's really nowhere to take them. I mean, you could. You could do an offshoot about one of the other characters. There's always a way to do it. But it doesn't necessarily have to feel forced. I've never seen Breaking Bad, but I know they did that spinoff. Mm-hmm. And, and it was very successful. As, I've never seen that either. You know, it, it was very successful as well. But they took a supporting character. And so there are ways to do it, of course. I don't think it's always yeah. forced. But for me, it would be forced. Like the story is done. But if they were like, well, you know, we'll give you a million dollars to write a sequel, I would figure something out. <laughs> Facts. Facts. But like, I, I love the thought of, right, like sometimes like in your head, right? Because especially like for, for writers, we're like, um, the characters, if the characters aren't talking, right, like that's the end, right? Like, and or like the journey is over, like that's it. But then like something can happen. It's like, oh, wait, there is more. Right. And like, that is such an exciting feeling. And it like, it, 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 it comes from like anywhere. And so I love, like, she said something and it just kind of sparked this whole new thing. Right. So um, it, again, it's interesting to think that even if you feel like you've boxed yourself into an ending, there still could be more. Right. Right, absolutely. And inspiration just strikes out of nowhere. And she doesn't even know that she used to be really active on social media and she's not. I'm just realizing it right now. But so she doesn't even know that I wrote a feature based on her offhand comment that she does not even remember making. (laughs) No. (laughs) You just don't know how you affect someone's life. Right. And so as, as someone who write, you, you have screenplays, you, you have novels, uh, children's books, like you have all these different mediums. How do you know where the story needs to go? Like, how do you know which medium, you know, you also have, you know, a limited series, you know, kind of, if someone's kind of like looking at these words on the page, 
how do they know what direction this really needs to be told in? It's just inspiration, I guess, because I, I don't, you're right. Like, I don't know. Um, when I came to LA, I had written the two novels. I had no intention of writing screenplays. I just always kind of knew I was supposed to be here. Really? Yeah. And so it wasn't about, I'm a huge fan of the movie industry, but not just movies, but the behind the scenes stuff. Even as a kid, I always loved that, how they make it, how the sausage is made. Yeah. And yeah, it's fun. I, it's not fun for most people because it's painstakingly tedious to make a movie. But, <laughs> but, um, um, so I came here and then I just remember I was, I was managing editor of Out Magazine for seven years and I would go to the gym at lunch every day. And I remember I was at the gym and I was just disgusted by the direction society was going. <laughs> so I was, I was doing abs and I was like just stewing and just my disgust by humanity. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to write a screenplay about it. Why? I don't know. And I did. And it gets- You find inspiration in the most unique of ways. It's so weird. I, I mean, I figure it must be weird for everyone. I don't know. <laughs> and it, it, my my disgust turned into a comedy. It, it's a comedy. What? Yeah. The, the follow-up script was about vigilante killers. So, I mean, it also got <laughs> funneled into that. But um, yeah, it's a comedy. And the character is disgusted by the way the direction society is going in. And so she does something about it. And it, it, she hasn't killed people, obviously, but you know, but she she makes a stand and she makes a change. And um, I lost track of the question again, but that's how I got inspired to write Green Means Go. <laughs> oh, so we, 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 but, um, I, I don't know. That was the first screenplay I wrote, and I've written nine or ten now. And obviously, you know, the first one, the first one's very good. Honestly, I've worked on it a lot, but not all of them are great because you know you have to work at it and I think yeah. all of them have potential but there are like five I would say that are quite good and four or five I can't remember how many I have at this point um need work I think that there's potential there and I think sometimes they're better than other people do but if you know mostly everyone else doesn't think they're great <laughs> you gotta take that into consideration too so I wrote fiction first and then when it came to the children's book it's about a bird who was afraid to fly. And I was I was in Italy. <laughs> and I was in Siena and I'd been there before, but I have a friend who lives there. And there's this beautiful piazza and this stunning bell tower. And I don't even know. I came back home and I have a crippling fear of heights. So there's that too. Same. Oh, oh you do too. <laughs> It's a problem. I'm going up to Big Bear tomorrow and I'm freaked out. A, because of the snow, I, you know, just what if there's an accident? And B, I'm so freaked out. I won't be driving. I will have taken a Xanax and put blinders on in the car. <laughs> and it's, it's harrowing. But anyway, so I think that led to this story. But I just, this bird who was afraid to fly, who was born in the bell tower up at the top. Wow. So he's already very high up when he hatches. And then he's like, oh, no. <laughs> and of course, he's a bird. You know, and his sister is like a bird who's afraid to fly. It's like a fish who's afraid of water, you know. <laughs> and so so I don't know where it comes from. I have other children's books. I've written two others. I've got a fourth idea. And I don't know. Inspiration just strikes in the way that it strikes. And this last screenplay, a psychological thriller, is 
about um, it, it came from a writing prompt for a contest. They wanted a genre, one location project, but just the first 10 pages, which I forgot about. So I had almost written the entire thing by the deadline. It's feverishly, I've got to get it done. And it was like, oh, they only want the first 10 pages for crying. Um, and yeah, and it's getting a really good reaction. And especially since it's maybe the third draft, kind of, it's changed almost not at all. And um, people are responding really positively to it. So this is the one that will get me my Oscars and my <laughs> and my million yes. <laughs> and start the ball rolling. Amazing. And like, so tell us about, you also have a limited series, right? Which is, is a film, correct? It is. It's based on Until September, The Love Story. I started to write it as a feature and maybe because I'm so close to it, I couldn't do it. Um, I know like there are, quote-unquote, unfilmable books that have been made into terrible films and also ones that were actually filmed right. Like, they said this was unfilmable. They thought it was, yeah, but it wasn't. So maybe someone else could adapt it into a feature. I couldn't. So I made it into a limited series. It's seven episodes, and again, there's an end. So I, I know <laughs> that limited series are in vogue. Thank God. Especially because, like, I'm like, there's another season? Why? You know, so to me, that's good. Like, I'm more likely to start a, a series that is six episodes and it's done. There is right. no second season. I, I'm more likely to start that than anything else. Like Russian Doll, I really liked season one. But to me, that was a definitive ending. And the season two, I'm like, I just don't need a season two. So, and, and God bless them. I wish them all the luck in the world. And people loved it. But my point is that um, it's seven episodes <laughs> and it ends and I've only really put the pilot out there. And the feedback has been really strong. Good. Yeah, especially because it's my first time doing TV. And I don't want to say I just pulled it out of my ass. Like, you know, I, I mean, I've written screenplays, of course. But, like, you know, I looked it up. And it seems, you know, I understand. I've seen, as for, for, for as much as I'm like, I don't watch very much TV. Of course, I mean, at my age, like, I grew up watching TV. It was our babysitter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I watched, I've watched a lot of TV. So I do get the rhythms of it, you know, instinctively. And especially with streaming, like there aren't ad breaks, right. commercial breaks. So you don't have to write to that, even though there is still, I think that kind of a rhythm to mm -hmm. it, but it's not that, that concrete. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that people are responding so positively. And I think that partially that's because, I mean, I've lived in this world for 20 years, you know, it's, it's so I know it so well, and I went through and figured out when's a good time to break for an episode. Not so it's specifically seven. I didn't know how many it was going to be. I knew it wasn't going to be even ten. My first thought was six, but um, so I just mm. broke, and I just wrote to that, and with streaming too, it's so lovely <laughs> because it can be fifty-two minutes, and then forty-one minutes, and then forty-four minutes. You right, know, it doesn't have to be like sitcoms, twenty-two minutes each time, which is right. really difficult. I mean, I applaud those people, and then you have to go out on a laugh you know, and tie it all together. Like that must be really hard because it's really rigid, the structure. Well, I would imagine it, you know, so you've taken your novel and you went into a limited series. Like, was was that difficult? Because like you talked about like the pacing of the series, did it differ much from the pacing of the book? Like kind of, can you walk us through how that process was for you? Did it almost come natural or was there a little bit more thought to it? It came really naturally. I had final draft open here and I had word open here and oh, kind of like when I adapted um, never have I ever the slasher who done it 
Um, mm-hmm. The same thing had both applications open and just as I adapted it, I just took out everything that didn't matter. If for a book, it's great. Mm-hmm. When you're writing a novel, you have to do essentially the art direction and the costuming and the hair right. and the makeup and the editing, you know, but all of that is someone else does that with, with right. a film. So you just, it's just the bare bones. So I took out everything that someone else would take care of. And people, the only criticisms I've gotten is really minor. They're like, this is so teeny. But like, it's a little bit literary, because a little fiction-like. Because, and that's maybe I need someone else to look at it to take that out. Because they're like, it's beautiful, but like, and just like, just in a couple of places kind of thing. So it's not like, oh my God, it's like slogging through a novel. It's not like that, but they're like, just there are points where it's, it, it dial it back a little bit. Got it. And it's hard because I'm like, this is the most beautiful line I've ever written or whatever, you know? Yes. <laughs> and it's like, no, take it out. Right. Kill your darlings. So it, it, and then like, you said like, I figured out where is a good place to end an episode where it wasn't like, you know, 120 pages in, you know, um, and that was difficult a little bit to, to not just where to end it, but like when the first episode ended, I was like, this could almost be the end of it mm-hmm. the end. and so there's a little bit of a mystery i guess this is what my friend was talking about when he said it read like a horror novel um and so you realize what this is later in the novel but he started piecing or dropping bits about that at the end of each episode and my only concern is it's going to read like Pretty Little Liars or something, which I never saw or read. I'm not dissing it, but like that's more of a thriller, I think. And because gotcha. when people are like, oh, I thought this meant like, oh, so one of the characters is dead or one of them killed someone. I'm like, oh, that's not it at all. But I wanted to add that element of mystery, which is already there in a subtler way, but in a more visceral way, just so that it would be like, okay, there is a lot more to come. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not, and it's, it's not even about the love story. <laughs> it, it's it's about the main character's his story and his world, right. and his life, and the things that have shaped him. But um, so that that was the main thing. I think I started dropping seeds of that so that people would see that there was a bigger, bigger world. I guess. Thank you for like who walking through that. So like I um. So I'm working on a, a full-length novel, right? And so there's this thing called Kindle Vela where it's like serialized reading, right? So like episodes. And so like in, in you talking about that, it really helped to think about like you have the larger novel, but how do you adapt it for series so that it doesn't feel long, so that you're not just putting each chapter, right? Where can you drop? And so like that was really helpful. And I, you know, for okay. those listening who write serialized fiction, really thinking about, where can you drop stuff, right? Where can you add stuff, right? It doesn't have to be exactly like your novel. So right. very great tidbits. Oh, great. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I learned this just through trial and error. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Listen, I'm taking mental notes because absolutely, um, it, you know, and listen, if, if movies could actually do that, like take the book, take your thing, like, because so much is like dropped and like, open them both up right and then like you know so right right absolutely right right. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness, Harker, thank you like so much. Um, please tell folks how how can they connect with your work? How can they connect with you? Well, you can find me on social media. I'm fairly active. Um, I'm on Facebook at well Harker Jones H A R K E R Harper with a K and Parker with an H. This is how I do this when people when people see the name. It's super easy. It's it, you know how to pronounce it. You know exactly what it is. But when you hear it, <laughs> it's always Parker with an H, and then say, "Oh, Harper," and then Harper with a K. And they're like, "Oh, Harker." <laughs> it's great, and I'm glad because I understand it's unusual, so I don't get annoyed with people. I understand it's unusual anyway. So Harker, Harker Jones on Facebook. I'm sure you can find me through Twitter and Instagram the same way. But Twitter is at Harker Jones. <laughs> is that really creative? Instagram, is it Harker underscore J? You can find my book on Amazon. You can find it on Google Play, Barnes and Noble, Apple Books, Kobo, BookBub, Goodreads. I'm all over the place. If you Google me, like I show up, which is kind of nice. Um, I do, everyone's all, I'm sure we all do. I'll Google myself and see what comes up. And I'm like, oh, thank God. It's, it's things that I want to show up. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. And y'all, if you have missed any of that, it will be in the episode show notes. So please check that out so you can connect and, and just consume all of, of the great content. Um, <laughs> Harker, um, any last words before I ask um, my last question? Anything you want to leave folks with who you know are out there and they're just like, I think this could be a movie. I think this could be a screenplay. Like any words of wisdom or inspiration? Not everything not everything should be a book or a movie. I mean, so many people, I'm sure all writers have like, even as a teenager, people were like, oh, oh, why don't you write about this? It's like, why don't you write about that? You know, <laughs> because I don't want to write about that. Um, and so when people are saying things like that, it's like, you know, pat them on the head, metaphorically, and <laughs> say, you know, have fun. Because not everyone's a writer, and I get that too. So they're like, why don't you write about this? Because I'm not a mechanic, you know, I don't know how to fix the car, you know, <laughs> but I can edit the manual. Um, <laughs> so my point is not everything is easily adapted. I, mean, I would say not everything needs to be. Like so many times when I, let's go back to the TV thing. So many times when I see something that's a series, I'm like, this doesn't need to be a series. Or oh, I've watched it. Listen, like, this could have been a movie, guys. Come on. <laughs> it is the equivalent of this could have been an email. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, my God. 100%. 100%. And look for the bird who was afraid to fly. I will be getting that. It'll be in ebook form first and then um, paperback or maybe hardcover until September is in both paperback and e-form. But the bird who was afraid to fly, I just need to get the files, the illustrations from the illustrator and then get my butt moving on that <laughs> lovely 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 again thank you so much and my last question is so i like to leave folks with a word or a phrase to evoke inspiration that they can use in writing art cooking whatever their thing is right so if you had to leave us with a word or a phrase what would it be oh that's a good question and hard um i don't have a phrase i don't really have a catchphrase or anything i guess <laughs> I need to work on that. Um, oh, I feel like I'm going to be corny, but this is where I always go to, is faith. Not in Jesus, or if that, that works for you, that's fine too, but that's not what I mean. Um, in yourself, 
And I don't want to be like, you know, if you believe in yourself, all your dreams will come true, because that's not necessarily true. People fail all the time. Um, but you have to fail and fail until you succeed, which is also, you know, a cliche, but it's also true. Because, I mean, like with social media, we all feel it. We only put our best face forward. That's you know? right. So no one knows when I get rejected, but everyone knows when I get accepted. Right. And I get rejected so often, I'm sure they'd be like, A, again? And B, like, are you okay? And sometimes it's like, I'm really not. <laughs> but but you have to have faith. And and without that, there's no point. And you have to have confidence in yourself. And you also have to be all these things now. You have to have humility too, because you have to learn from from your mistakes. It's you know, some cliche like about like if you learn from a mistake, it's not a mistake, or it's it's a lesson or something like that, which is true, which is why it stands out. Like if you learn from it, it's still worthwhile. It's also hard to learn from things. And I do believe that you keep karma or whatever keeps throwing you the same lesson in different ways until you learn it. Ugh, it doesn't mean you learn it quickly. I guess my point is that I ramble and that you have to have faith in yourself because there's no guarantee anyone else will. That doesn't mean you're perfect at everything you do. You still have to work on your, yourself, of course, but just on, on your craft. You have to work on the things you want to do to be good at them. But as long as you have faith and you really put your nose to the grindstone, you will get better and things won't happen unless you try. There's always that too. So many people, I, I take so much comfort in this, like, you know, 98% of people who actually want to write a screenplay never do. Oh, thank God. You know? <laughs> if I could just get rid of like the other 2% except for me. <laughs> You have been just an amazing guest, super fun to have. Um, as you were talking, listen, I, I, I listen. So, listeners, you as you know, wait to the end of the episode to see what I do with the the prompt faith. I already have some interesting ideas, and okay. I cannot wait uh, to get them on paper. So, Harker, thank you so much, and have a wonderful rest of the day. Have a wonderful day. This has been a joy. Thank you so much. Faith, it was her name, not birthed out of divine reverence, but birthed from a place of desperation, not born from a place of trying and failing or far off hope for what is to come. The lilacs people bear children as quickly as cattle are bred for meal, yet they struggle to raise one that will defeat the almighty king and evil ruler. Oppressed and worn, their people started to die and children failed to reach adulthood. Some called it the plague of ruin, while a select few knew of the true culprit. The resistance, a small group of freedom fighters, offer potion to those wishing for their young ones to have a better life. This concoction slowed the breath and grazed the body, forcing parents and guards to deem the young ones dead. Unbeknownst to them, the young ones were in a deep slumber, one they would rouse from hours after they are discarded. But by the time the young ones awoke, they are in the arms of another, one they would come to know as mother, 
the one who would raise them and grow their resistance from the shadows. The little one cried, signaling becoming awake from her slumber. The cry was loud, revealing her powerful lungs. There, there, mother called, taking the young one from her crib. Yes, you will be called Faith. Perhaps you will lead this resistance with those powerful lungs. Mother bounced the little one, soothing her cries. As soon as Faith is lulled to silence, another newborn awoke. Mother moved, soothing one, then the other. With each queen baby, she named them, hoping the next one would be the child destined to overthrow the corrupted throne.